Welcome to the Food for Your Soul podcast, where we apply the Word of God to the hearts of men and women to stoke the fires of your delight in Christ. Here's your host, Dr. D. Richard Ferguson. Yeah, so that's that's a tough one. So in, in your career, there's a certain amount of self-promotion that you have to do. You can't show up at a job interview and say, look, I just need to confess all my sins and, you know, just uh, and, and p- portray yourself in the worst light. You'll just never get any work. In fact, I remember having to teach the, my kids this when they first started interviewing for jobs. And they, you know, I spent their whole life trying to teach them humility. And then they're interviewing for jobs and they just didn't have it in them to, try, to self-promote. And I said, well, you know, you kind of have to do that to get the job. So at what point does that kind of self-promotion cross the line of humility? And here's what I'd say. Let everything be governed by love. For me, if I'm interviewing, say I go to a church and I'm interviewing, candidating for the job of being the pastor of that church, and so they're asking me questions, I have the choice. I can answer the questions in a way that puts me in a good light or a negative light. And I'm asking myself, what's most loving for them right now? What would be the most loving thing for them? I want to give them the information that would help them make a good decision. And knowing about my strengths in this particular case would actually be helpful to them. And so I'm going to do that. Now, if there's a glaring weakness, I need to be honest about that too, because that's loving to let them know that too. But, but I want them to know about my strengths because that's loving. Now, in the typical intercourse of day-to-day uh, interactions with you, it's not usually loving for me to put all my strengths up front and center. That doesn't do you any good. You don't need that. And so then that's not loving. But in a job interview situation, it's actually loving to the employer to give them the type of information that they need. Okay, so some, uh, Jehovah's, some false teacher promoting a false religious religion comes to your door and you don't want to welcome them. And is it Second John? It says whoever welcomes those people is actually participating and, and so don't welcome them. But you don't want to be rude to them. And so at what point... Again, it's, it's whatever's most loving for them, whatever's going to be most, most likely to help them come to a knowledge of the truth. So I don't want to just like find common ground. Right, like we both believe in religion, you know, and uh, we're the same. We're the same, uh, you know. I, I don't want to do that because then that's going to make them more likely to stay in their error. What I've done is, if it's somebody that seems to be sort of new and open, then I will try to reason with them from the scriptures. If it's somebody that I can tell is a leader and they're just like not listening one bit, then I will uh, revert to more of a Matthew twenty-three rebuke kind of a thing, just hopefully kind of shake them out of their. Just warn them about what the Bible says about false teachers. And you can do both of those without being rude. You know, I don't want to slam the door in anybody's face. But I don't want to, I don't want to contribute anything to their success. So when I, used to, when I was a kid, I remember I used to go down to the Boulder Mall and the Moonies would be down there handing out literature. And I would take all their literature as much as they would give me. Uh, I just like as much financial hardship as I could put on them, great. I'd take all their literature and put it in the trash. But... But I, you know, I wanted to be respectful towards them and not be mean. I think it's fine to keep going. You know, so there's some there's some false teachers there, and they got a booth. You've only got so much time and energy in your day, right? And you're just like, what what is the best use of my time? Uh, the chances that stopping and talking to them are going to result in anything nearly as good as giving your sister a call and encouraging her from the scriptures. Uh, or something like that, are very, very slim. And so you just think, okay, what does God call me to? What has he gifted me for? What does he want me to spend most of my time doing? If he puts something right in front of you, then you can deal with it. But if it's a matter of, should I go out of my way and, and 
do something that's very, very unlikely to have any spiritual benefit when I got, instead I can do something that's much more likely to have a spiritual benefit than, you know, you can guilt-free choose the latter. The, the truth about the JWs? <laughs> well, it might... I did that once. I remember when I was in, in high school, some uh, JWs came to our house and they said, they were telling me all this stuff about heaven and everything and I said you know, why don't you just skip this house? In fact, why don't you just skip this whole neighborhood because you're teaching this false doctrine. And the guy got really mad. It was a man and his daughter, and the guy got really mad. He, he just said, skip the whole neighborhood. He said, do you speak for all these people? You speak for them? Shouldn't they get to hear the truth? Are they going to hear you know, both sides and everything? And I said, really? You, th- you, you think that? You want to hear both sides? And he said, Yeah. I said, that's awesome. So I went and I got my jacket. I said, I'll tell you what, I'll just follow you around. So uh, wherever you go, I won't bother you. I won't bother you. Just wait till you're done. As soon as you're done, I'll go to talk to the same people you just talked to. And then I'll give them the other side since you're wanting them to hear the, the, the both sides. So, uh, so I followed them to one house. They just got in their car and drove off. So, but. Okay, so what if somebody does owe you something like money? Um, how can you maintain humility? I think the answer is, you owe me money, I owe you love. I owe you the continuing debt of love and humility. So the agreement that we have that you're going to pay back that money is just an agreement. But I don't see myself as your master in any way because I have that over you because I also owe you something, namely, namely selfless, humble love. Okay, great question, really good question. So what about a legitimate doctrinal dispute? Because we saw Paul say in Corinthians, no doubt there must be differences among you to see which one of you has God's approval. So what happens if I start saying, you know what, I'm not, sh- I'm not so sure about Jesus is the only way to salvation. I'm, I'm, I'm having second thoughts about that. I think maybe uh, some Muslims are out there and they never heard of Jesus and they're still going to heaven. And Bob comes rushing up on the stage and he says, Daryl, that's heresy. Shut your mouth. That is wrong. Well, we've got to deal with that, right? And so what, what happens there? Well, that's where we, we... Remember at the beginning of the sermon I said, we, we need to handle sin, but we need to handle it the way the Bible says to handle it. How does the Bible say to handle it? Well, you... Matthew 18 process, you go to the person and you confront them, you show them their error from Scripture, and you call them gently, try to restore them to repentance. With love, so if if I get into some sin and one of you comes to me and sits down and says, "Hey, let's have coffee," and we sit down and you start you start trying to restore me, uh, you say, "Daryl, this is sin." See, in the Bible it says you can't do that. And and uh, if I repent, great, then there's forgiveness and it's over. If I don't repent, then you bring one or two witnesses to come and help me repent. And if I still won't even listen to the witnesses, then you bring it before the whole church. And the whole church tries to get me to repent. And, and if I get into false doctrine, all of you should be sending me emails, uh, coming to my house, uh, writing me letters, calling on the phone, grabbing my lapel and shaking me and whatever it takes, you know, and try to get me to repent. And if I won't even listen to the whole church, then, then uh, excommunication, put me out of the church. And then that will motivate me to repent if I'm a true believer. So, so that's the proper way to handle it. And uh, it's true that that happens sometimes without any, uh, without any of this stuff that we're talking about. Um, you can do that with a humble attitude. Uh, the whole thing, you can do it with a humble er- attitude and not an arrogant attitude. I should say, the example I gave shifted a little bit in the middle of the example. If I stood up in front of the whole church and promoted heresy, that would have to be addressed 
in front of the whole church, not, you don't start privately then. But anyway, aside from that, some churches should split. If you've got some that believe that salvation is through Christ alone and others believe you can be saved without knowing anything about Christ, that, that church should split. If they can't come to agreement on the truth, the ones who have the heresy should go. You can't tolerate uh, heresy in the church. But when they split, the side that's in the right should be firm, but not, not arrogant. And, not, and, and it shouldn't be relationships. Uh, it shouldn't be the issue. It shouldn't be anger and, and, and uh, dissension and, and fighting. It's just, a, it's just simply a matter of fact. You know, we say this is what a church is. Somebody is not pursuing Christ, that's not a church. So, so we have to separate. So, yeah, that's, that's a really good question because not every church split is, is wrong. Thank you for listening. If you found today's episode edifying, why not share it with a friend? This season of the Food for Your Soul podcast features excerpts from our sermon series on the book of Philippians, 50 expository sermons covering every verse. You can find those and hundreds of other sermons for free download on drichardferguson.com. Until next time, rejoice in the Lord always and set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God.